Welcome to the Augusta Sports Report, hosted by Chad Cook. For more information on what we talked about today, visit AugustaSportsReport.com. Okay, welcome to episode two of the Augusta Sports Report. We're at the studios at Allison South at Augusta Podcast LLC. Um, I have a special guest, Ashley Brown, uh, the, the, the sports personality when it comes to media here in the Augusta area for decades now. Before we get started on the first week of high school and college basketball and then talking about playoff football, I want to talk to Ashley. Ashley, tell, tell us about your sports journey from being a player to a commentator. You've worn all the hats in the media business here in our area, and uh, take us through that journey. Yeah, I appreciate it, Chad, and thanks. So excited that you're doing this, by the way. Um, you know, I, I did start as a player. I just I loved sports as a kid growing up. Uh, early on, actually, football is the sport I love the most. But as I got a little bit older, uh, you know, my parents went through a divorce. I moved in with my grandparents briefly, um, and they lived in Richmond County. They lived, you know, right around the corner, sort of, from the boys' club. So, uh, you know, my parents had no clue I'd ever even played basketball. They would sign me up for rec football and baseball every year. Um, but every day I was going to the boys' club just playing basketball. So we had a, a function at my school. I was in third grade. We had a function at John Millage. Yeah. And my parents came to, and they had, it was a, part of it was a basketball kind of obstacle course. And when I, my parents came to it and we left, they're like, where did you learn how to play basketball? I said, well, all day, that's all I do at the boys club. So basketball, I just fell in love with it. And just like you, you did. And um, so, you know, I just, even during football and baseball season, I played those sports, but you know, we'd get through with baseball practice and I would go to the Y on Wheeler Road and stay for four hours until they close. You know, they'd have to leave, make us leave. And um, so as I got older, you know, playing in high school, I played at Evans uh, for three years and I was at Lakeside and ended up going and play. I, I got a scholarship to play. At, at, it's funny. I was going to go to Armstrong State and uh, somehow, you know, Danny Black at Evans, I had transferred to Lakeside. So the fact that he did this was pretty awesome. But a, a coach uh, at Reinhardt Community College, it's a four-year school now, but it was a junior college then, uh, Gerald Sharp, uh, his brother had coached at Arkansas Monticello. And I don't know if you remember the name Greg McMillan, yeah. uh, Greg and Scott. They both played at Evans. Greg was a really good player at Evans and signed at Arkansas Monticello. And he played for Gerald Sharp's brother out there. So Gerald knew Danny Black from that whole thing. So he called and said, man, I'm really needing a point guard. I got a kid that I thought I was going to get I didn't get. And Danny said, well, I got this kid. He might be going somewhere already. I'm not sure. So he called me, and I went on a visit, and I just fell in love with the place. You know, private school, beautiful campus, and a chance to play right away. Um, and I went there, played for two years, um, probably the two of the best years of my life. Just really loved it. And then I went to Columbus State from there and played. Now, a different experience completely. At Reinhardt, I played all 40 minutes, and I was, you know, all, you know, just I was one of the top guys on the team or whatever. When I went to Columbus, though, you know, we were loaded. We had some good players back Peace then. Belt Conference. Oh, man. And I, I played for Herb Green, who had recruited Charles Barkley to go to Auburn. Real colorful figure. Herb was the best. And, you know, we had just a loaded team. We actually won the Peach Belt my first year there. But that meant less playing time for me. And it was – it was – you know, I look back on it now and I'm like, God, what an awful kid and teammate I was back then. I probably had you. the worst, I probably had the worst attitude. And, uh, but then my senior year, uh, I played a little bit more, but I also got into the role of, you know, look, I'm not going to the NBA. I'm not going overseas. Um, 
I'm going to take this for what it's worth. And I really was going to go into coaching there. Um, so I spent, I, I played, and then I spent a year as a student assistant. And what happened, I got an opportunity on one of the road trips. The guy who did the radio broadcast for the team needed somebody to do the play. Same guy as today, Scott, right? Scott Miller. He's same, awesome. same guy, and he's yeah. phenomenal. And Scott said, hey, on one of the road trips, do you want to do the game with me? Well, I did it, and, man, I just loved it. And I had always thought it would be cool to be a commentator. As a kid, I'd memorize the back of baseball cards, and I knew stats. But I just thought, you know, that's a hard uh, endeavor to take. You know, you, you've got to be a former player or know somebody or son of somebody. And uh, But I always, in the back of my mind, thought, man, I'd love to do that. And then it's a weird thing. After I finished school, I moved to Athens, and I was just playing around, not really doing anything serious. Um, my father passed away, and I decided to move home. And when I did, um, I, I was I just called out of the blue. Um, Ron Mackey at North Augusta and said, look, I'm moving home. I'm finishing my degree. I'd love to help out. I volunteered to help. Well, that was – 1995, one of the best years for basketball in this area. Uh, North Augusta was loaded, and they had, you know, obviously we had Antonio Grant, who was an incredible player at South Carolina and a longtime player overseas as a pro. We had a great team, and we lost we lost two narrow games in the regular season to Westside, who was pretty loaded like then. Like everybody with, did with Ricky, Ricky Moore, William Avery. But the cool thing that happened after the season, I get a call. Our season was over. We got knocked out in the Elite Eight. Uh, by Hillcrest uh, out of Simpsonville, South Carolina. And I get a call, and I don't still to this day, I don't know who told them, but Lee and Betty Beard had started an all-sports radio station by mistake. Denny McLean, former baseball pitcher, uh, he had he was a Cy Young Award winner in 1968, last 30-game winner, actually, in Major League Baseball. Um, he had moved here, was leasing their radio station that used to be a blues station. At one time, James Brown owned it. And he turned it all sports. Well, right after that, he, he, that he gets indicted for tax evasion, goes to federal prison. Okay, so they're now stuck. They're now stuck with a radio station that's now all sports. Yeah. Knew nothing about sports, uh, and they were trying to do a local show, and they were trying to do stuff. They end up deciding one of the ways to help get us get into the community locally is do this this basketball. So they did Josie actually ended up making it to the state finals against Westside. So it was two local teams, you did know, you, and you broadcast that? Well I here's remember what, watching it on TV. Well here's what happened. I didn't broadcast it. They they um I think Charles McNeil might have they already had a broadcaster, but they needed somebody here. So they said they asked me, hey, somebody told us you know a lot about local sports and basketball. Can you help with the broadcast? So I thought I'm going to be doing like stats or whatever. I get there and I'm doing like the pregame show and the halftime show. I've never been on the air other than that one little snippet, you know, and it was, but it was so funny. And then I, and then I guess from that, a couple of people called the station and said, Hey, is that the Ashley Brown that went to Evans or Lakeside or whatever? So they thought, you know, we got two guys doing the afternoon show. One is from Michigan and one's from like Cleveland, you know, maybe we can get a local person in there. So I would start filling in. Yeah. And then when it came time for me to go back to school, I was finished. I was ready to try and coach. And when it, when that time frame was about to come up about a month before the summer was over, they offered me a job and that's what led to there. And about a year and a half later, Beasley broadcast hired me. I stayed there for 20 years. And over the course of that time, you know, I've I've you know written got probably twenty five hundred columns for the Augusta Chronicle, the Columbia County News Times, and now with the Augusta Press. And you know, I, I we've done high school football every year for like twenty seven years, whether it be on radio or TV somewhere. Um, and then you know, it's it's led to some other cool stuff. You know, hosting shows, filling in for Austin Rhodes, or I did a TV show briefly with Comcast. But the main thing I did 
was a sports show, a local sports show on the radio for, for years and had a blast doing it, loved it. And, uh, that's, you know, it, so a few years back, a buddy of mine started a, a grill company and he had told, wanted me to come over there. And I was sort of burned out on the day-to-day radio. I loved the, the time we were on the air, but you got to do a lot of stuff, wear a lot of hats. And so I decided I ended up going over there with him about six years ago. Rectech Grills is the name of the place. And, was that six already? Six well, years? I've been there six years. Wow. Yeah, over six. Because I remember. You know, yeah, yeah, I've been there over six. But what I, I wanted to keep, you know, stay involved with sports. I knew I wanted to do that. So I continued to write my column. Um, I do. I help uh, WJAC with their master's coverage still. Yes. I still do that. And then WJBF, fortunately, still asked me, invited me to do the high school football broadcast. So I stay as involved as I can um, and st- still love it. But day to day, you know, I'm over there. But like I said, they've been awesome, too, because, you know, they allow me to go do master's week. They allow right me to, now. Yeah, I'm here right now. So I, I keep. I love it. So I stay involved with it. I, I, I go some of these years. I'm thinking. You know, if I don't, how, what would I do if I don't do this? Because I, I got to keep up with the stats yeah. and who, how many backs had a thousand in Columbia County this year? Look at all the backs. Somebody needs to focus on that. Yeah. So, and the fact that you're doing it is all you, yeah. man, you're blowing it out of the water. So, but that's, that was my journey and, you know, where we are today. I'm still, still enjoy covering the games, you know. I can tell a million stories like yeah. this, but I remember a few years ago, probably 2015 or 16, mm-hmm. and you emailed me and you said, hey, Don Coleman and Darius, what's Darius? Williams. Williams. Darius yeah. Williams of, of Butler and Josie are either freshmen or sophomores, and probably freshmen, yeah. in junior college, and they're tearing it up. And um, just let me write something, and you put it on your site. I just got to get it out. Yeah, and you yeah. sent me this huge thing, and it was so great, and they loved it. Everybody around the community loved it, because when do you see an article about a couple of JUCO guys? Well, you know, and back then, I was limited, because I was doing only Columbia County, and I'm like, God, this is such a good story. Nobody knows what these guys are doing. You know, in my mind, I'm Mind's thinking, I've I got to get it out there so they can see it, and uh, because it is neat, and we do have guys that do that, and sometimes... My, my actual, the funny thing is that type of story is the first thing I ever did. Ward Clayton used to be the sports editor of the Augusta Chronicle. He's moved on to really big yes. things with the PGA Tour, and uh, Ward was phenomenal. And out of the blue, when I started with GAC, Ward called me and said, you know, hey, I, I know I hear you talking recruiting a lot. We'd like to do a little something. But what they wanted me to do was come in once a week, and I actually drove down and did it. It ain't like it is today. You can just do it wherever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I drove to the Augusta Chronicle once a week. Etched it in stone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and I actually did – what I did was all the local players, I would go through newspapers. Back then, it wasn't a whole lot of internet. It was relatively new. And I would go through and find out everything these – I'd call sports information directors. Like, okay, you know – what did Todd Stanford do or whoever? Mm-hmm. And uh, I would do an update. You know, former Lakeside standout did this. Former Butler standout did this. And we did a little column. So that was kind of what I started doing anyway. And I love focusing on those guys once they leave. Like, to me, it's cool to flip on a TV and watch Liam Welch this weekend put up 42 on Florida in the first half. I, I had to put something on Facebook. I'm yeah. like, I got to get this out there. You know? Yeah, so, it's great. So it's still fun, you know. It's so interesting that there's a story like that almost literally every day. It just so happens yeah. that last night, uh, Buffalo beat North Texas in basketball, 69-66. Yeah. You got Jamie Quarles, longtime Augusta University player and assistant coach, coaching for Buffalo, one of the best mid-major programs yeah. in the country. They win. They beat. Uh, on the other side, Mardrez McBride out of Butler. He um, was a star in the team's 
uh, Cinderella type uh, NCAA tournament win last mm-hmm. year, and he had 17 points in, in defeat last night. So it's almost like every day you could find you you found it Saturday with, yeah. like you said, Liam Welch for Samford. Um, you know, setting records against Florida. Yeah, he he you know he's he's had a phenomenal run in college. But I love the I love the Buffalo uh, North Texas story. Uh, the reason why is because Jamie makes me feel a little bit young because I still look at him as really young. But I actually used to play back when I was still playing pickup ball at the Y. Jamie was playing coming up through Richmond, so he makes me feel a little bit young, even though I'm very, very old. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the speaking of the Y and your history, yeah. um, before we get on to the other stuff, uh, you know. That's where I met you. Yep. Um, I talked last week about how I was like kind of a ball boy of types for Augusta College when Buck Harris and Keenan Mann played. They mm-hmm. were the guests last week. Well, Ashley um, was the star player at Lakeside when I first basically went to my first high school games. I was a you know gonna be at Lakeside in a, a few years, and, you know middle schooler at the time, and I'd go watch Ashley, who's my favorite player, and then I'd go to the YMCA and I didn't know what downs were or how you get in a game or yeah. anything like that. And I would get downs. Once I figured that out, I would get downs. And then the, all the older guys would say, you can't play. I don't care if you have downs <laughs> or not. And then Ashley would say, no, let him play. And he put me on his team and kind of take care of me a little bit. So that's where we met. And, that, and that's awesome that you say that, too, because I have a real similar my, – my brother-in-law at the time um, played at Evans. Jamie. Jamie Williams. He used to shoot from behind half oh court at the line. The biggest ball. So now I look back and I'm like, God, I wish I was never on his teams. But it, he either would be getting in fights or shoot, <laughs> shooting bad shots. But but the one thing Jamie always did for me, even though if he knew it was going to hurt his team, because back then it would be packed at Bernie Ward or Warren Road or we'd go out to uh, Fort, Fort Gordon and play. And if you lost, it might be a while before you got to play again. But one thing Jamie always did when I was 11, 12, 13, he would always pick, pick me on his team. So that's how I met Marcus Reynolds and Keith Reynolds yeah. and Dino Yarbrough, some of these incredible players, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, way back. That's how I got, you know, I knew, who, to me, they were the stars. You know, I was like, I'd go to the gym and be like, oh, wow, I get to play with them today. And uh, so it's funny you say that because it was the same situation with me. And I really think that helped me as a player. I wasn't, you know, when I would go play against guys in high school, I had been playing since I was 11 and 12 and 13 against these really good players that were either in college or out of college. So I wasn't overwhelmed by the high school game at all the way some ninth graders might have been or 10th graders or whatever. Yeah, those are your heroes. You guys, you and Keenan mm-hmm. and Chuck were my heroes. I remember, like I said, oh, the first Chuck. high school games I go to are Lakeside. And the reason why I went, we were at, I think, football practice, and Mel Springs was telling me about how uh, Ashley had 28 and Jamie had 30, but Chuck had 32 or something, and Richmond barely beat Lakeside, and it was the greatest game ever. I go – to the to the repeat no, the, don't the tell rematch. Me about, don't tell and, me about the next Chuck game. Chuck had a good game that well, game. Well, <laughs> actually, what happened? So Jamie Jamie had thirty. I had twenty eight, and Chuck only had twenty five or twenty seven. Yeah. Well, we I didn't do it. But I'm Jamie, sure Jamie told Jamie, him. Jamie, oh my God, did he tell him? And we had gotten to know Chuck a little bit playing summer ball and stuff. That was kind of the first taste of summer ball. We had a we played in a men's league and it was like an Augusta All Star team. Well, Chuck was traveling around, so he didn't play with us much, but we 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 knew him from that, and oh, and the boys club, and of course Jamie had to let him know. And it's so funny because yeah, we go to Richmond. We almost we didn't beat him, but we had no business being. It was close very close. It was a close moral game. victory. It was a moral victory, <laughs> and we had beat him, outscored him. So the next time we play, we go to Richmond. I had two games my senior year. I didn't score double figures at Richmond at North Augusta. I had the worst game I've ever had. I think I had six points, seven points, five points, something. 
But Chuck played three quarters. Didn't play he before. Had 43, he right? He had 41 points and seven dunks. Yeah. And he didn't say a word. He let that do the talking. Such, Jamie, Jamie rubbed it in. He's like, all right, I'll show you. Such yeah, a gr- Chuck was phenomenal, such man. Such a great player. I said yeah. last week that Chuck Graham and Keenan Mann are the best players to ever come through here. Keenan, I'm probably a little biased there. Such a close friend of mine. But, man, Chuck, what a, what they, a player. They were, you know, the funny thing with Keenan, I would met Keenan doing the Gerald White basketball tournament uh, uh, camps. Camp. And I remember think, thinking, man, you know, Keenan, Keenan's pretty good. But when you thought Richmond, you thought of Chuck. Until the senior year, when they were seniors, I was I grabbed the box scores to see what Chuck did. And the first game of the season, I'll never forget. I, I forget the point total. He either had, I want to say 38. Um, I guess was Josie. The first game. Yeah. I, but I remember grabbing the box score to see what Chuck did. And Chuck had like 17. I went, 38? Yeah. Keenan, man. And that's when he really started to take off. Before he was – he was a little more raw, and, yeah. and but man, that yeah, they they were they were fun to watch. And the, Chuck, I, I still think you know you, you, there are a lot of players that have played around here. I do think Chuck's the most underrated player because there's some people that don't talk about him when they talk about the great players. They talk about Ricky Moore. And, and look, and Chuck Avery. was the show in town that that those two years, really his sophomore year too, but. Uh, his leaping ability was unreal. Unreal, yep. for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Yeah, Keenan still tells a story about that 38-point game and the, the Augusta Chronicle asked Coach Brock after the game, you know, how you know were you surprised about Keenan Mann's output? And yeah. Coach Brock said, no, that's exactly what I expected. And Keenan said that that kind of inspired him to yeah. be the player, he that, that, that his coach expected greatness from him. That's so. all. Well, I remember it to this day, too, you yeah. know, myself. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so – you know, we're talking about when we were kids, you know, when I was a kid, other than you guys looking up to you guys, the other central figure in my life was Dick Vitale. Yeah. You know, primetime player, diaper dandy. You know, if Dick Vitale was talking about you, you were something. Mm-hmm. And he would uh, always talk about, I don't know if the young people today, you know, who are watching know what a cupcake is. Yeah. You know, he'd talk about playing cupcakes. And, you know, that's that. those are early in the season when you play teams that you know you're going to beat. That used to be so common. I feel like it's changing in a major way. Yeah. And so I'm calling these five Final two weeks in November as we move into high school basketball talk. No cupcakes in November. It's striking to me the uh, the level of competition that these teams yeah. are taking on. So we'll we'll go through that a little bit. I was at Hoopin in Middle Georgia at Jones County in Great Gray Georgia, hosted by Buck Harris, another. Augusta basketball legend. He's yep. he's uh, the head coach at, at Jones County. Well, there was four games, um, four boys games, some girls games. Um, the, the matchups were great. So number nine, Warner Robbins uh, started off with a, a monster victory over Greenbrier. Beat them 71-31. They've got some excellent guards. It's kind of uh, noteworthy because they'll be playing Jones County tonight, who also has some excellent guards. And so, um, you know, That'll be a great matchup. We'll see how Bucks guys handle that. But as we move more towards the the the, the teams with local, uh, you know, local ties, Grovetown, six guys between six foot five and six foot nine. Um, they beat veterans sixty two to fifty one. And a few things. Um, it was my first time seeing Franquan Sherman in person. I've seen yeah. the highlights over the years. Sherman had nineteen points. He's a six foot six transfer from Lincoln County. And after the game, uh, 
Darren Douglas, head coach at Grovetown, had something to had some a lot of things to say. One of the things he was uh, he was upset, not upset, but he wanted it to be known that he thinks it's pretty ridiculous that Franquan Sherman, who's already scored a thousand points in high school at yeah. Lincoln County in two seasons, um, was left off the Augusta Chronicles terrific ten list. Now we could go on and on about you know yeah. people being upset about things like that, but. Um, so 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 he talks a little bit about Franquan Sherman, and then he talks about the um, the unselfishness of the team and the fact that that's baked into their program. So first, we're going to look at three third quarter plays from Grovetown that I think just encapsulates what that team's all about. Very unselfish plays, great teamwork. We're going to look at that first, and then we're going to cut from there to the interview with Coach Darren Douglas after the win against veterans. <laughs> Darion's a great passer. Jose Rodriguez is a great passer, but I think just we practice it so much that it's kind of just gotten everybody's bloodstream to kind of drive it, kick it, swing it. Like that's our game. We call it our game. Like drive, kick, swing. When we do that, like good things happen for us. level you know what I mean like um his basketball IQ that was kind of a thing like you kind of always worry like it's a guy that's already got a thousand points in high school which is crazy a little segue how does he not in no terrific 10 or whatever that is like this guy's not in it but um you know he shares it just like everybody else he doesn't like that's the most fun thing about coaching him like he doesn't put it on like people should you know, guys of that stature kind of these days, they got a whole bunch of people bowing down and kind of telling them how great they are. And he just shows up every day, wants to improve, improves every day and uh, like fit the team like a glove. since the summer though and he kind of immersed himself in what we do you know he's kids still improve but the, the thing that he has that most kids from our area don't have is like he just plays incredibly hard and when you play incredibly hard like that like 
it's easier to fit in. And if you're playing cool and trying to fit in, like you play hard, I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing to fit in like that. Okay, so before we uh, go on to, I know you've, uh, you know, been very familiar with the Grovetown squad. Have you gotten a chance to see them over the past couple of years? And oh yeah, for sure. And the, the one thing I, you're right, they they got Sherman coming in this year. They have, they're long and athletic with Ferguson and with Freeman and you know Reed. They've got they got some players. The one thing I wonder about this year's team because I do think they. You know, if you, it's funny how things have flipped. Columbia County's really good in basketball now. Um, you know, Lakeside and Greenbrier will be a little bit down this year, and Evans will be down from what they have been. But the one team that's up is Grovetown. But the one thing I wonder about with them, and you might know more than me this year, is obviously they've lost some really good talent over the last two seasons. But the maybe not the best player of the guys they've lost, but the one that I think the biggest impact is point guard play from Julius Brown. So that's the question I have is, are they going to have that play? And keep in mind at one point, you know, not only did they have Freeman and, and Ferguson and Reed and Sherman, but at one point they had Tillman there. Yes. Amari Tillman, yeah. who is phenomenal. Westside yeah. had 32 yeah. at Jones County because Westside is really, really good this year too. Um, so I wonder who's going to step up and play because Brown had the ball in his hand so much for them. That's the one question mark I have. But I do – obviously, they're a loaded team and they're just going to beat most teams just because of that length and athleticism, I think. You, you hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. Julius Brown, not only a very good point guard, but a great shooter. Mm -hmm. So he's going to keep defenses honest. And then you talk about Amari Tillman two seasons ago. He's a great shooter. So, and that is what this team, that's the question mark with this yeah. team. Are they going to be able to make enough shots? Like they, they, I would say, pretty much dominated veterans, but they won 62 to 51 because, you know, they're, they're not the kind of team that's going to put a bunch of points on the board. Now, they're going to defend like crazy. They're going to share the ball like crazy. But if a team packs it in, you know, can they score points? Yeah. And that's kind of – They need a shooter. I mean, if you if you stuck an Andrew Black from Greenbrier or Tillman or one of those guys on that team, then, like, look out. This is a state championship contender. And they still may be. Sure. Because they are so athletic. They're well coached. They get after it. Um, and, and they have a lot of depth from one game to another. You have no clue who's going to be their dominant guy, really, I think. So uh, they're, they're certainly one of the teams to watch. Fortunately, in our area, you know, you look at last year with, you know, we had not only did we have a state champion in Cross Creek and then, of course, the girls' side a couple, but we had a lot of other really good teams. We mentioned Westside, and I, I think it's going to be a fun year to watch who, who out of that group 
becomes the best team. Westside could be that could be that team. I don't know. That's right. And we'll get to them in a second. It's interesting. We're talking about Grovetown. Yeah. You know, a dozen teams, six boys, six girls. And then that doesn't even count. That's just on the Georgia side. Then you add North Augusta's boys and then Augusta Christian's boys are, are, are uh, state title contenders. That's how many teams are ranked in the top 10 preseason. And Grovetown's not even one of them. Yeah. So we're loaded here in, I, in the And you mentioned Augusta Christian. I, I absolutely love their young guard, you know, Crawford. I think he's Elijah Crawford, sophomore. And he, he's, he's, there's some players that are just different. And, Things have changed again with that. It used to be if a kid played at a private school, some of the coaches would say, well, yeah, but it's against that competition. Well, these days during the summer, they're playing everybody. That kid is a player, and he would be a star on any team in this area, in my opinion. No doubt about it. Now, um, so we moved from Grovetown. You know, the Cross Creek girls, defending state champions, um, took on Southwest DeKalb, who reached the final four of Class 5A. Cross Creek's a Class 3A team. Um, They had a a, a tough game against Southwest DeKalb and won 52-45. to Um, You know, we talked about Grovetown's unselfishness. Well, the same thing carried Cross Creek as – with just a couple minutes to go, Southwest DeKalb ties it at 43, and Cross Creek comes storming back behind Michaela Bogans, who I think might be the best girls player in the entire area, and that's saying a lot. We've got girls. She's only a sophomore, She's right? a sophomore. Yeah. We've got girls like Kiana Curtis and, um, and, and Keishana Brown from Josie, Kiana Curtis from Grovetown, committing to Division One schools as we speak. And so, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think Bogans is outstanding. And right after the game got tied up, she led a couple fast breaks that led to easy layups for Aaron Martin, and, and the Lady Razorbacks pulled away. We're going to show that clip, and then we're going to also um, show what um, Cross Creek head coach Kim Schlein said in a preseason interview about what is so important for the team. Uh, you know, what is the focus of the team both last year during the state championship run and this season? <laughs> on every game, run the floor, crash the boards, control the ball. That was it. That was three things. There was no, that was it. Yeah. That's what you do every game. And Michaela has is, is got a beautiful game. I mean, you know, the thing right now is, is, is making sure we control the floor, control the ball. And, you know, with her, the way she likes to go, she's a go-getter. I mean, sometimes we got to rein it in a little bit, slow down, let's get this thing, but she can go. She can shoot, she can make things happen, you know, and we got some nice support staff to go with her, so it's exciting. So Coach Schlein mentioned there uh, crashing the boards, running the court, and taking care of the ball being the three things. Well, if I were to grade the the team in the first game of the season against a state championship-type contender, A-plus on crashing the boards and um, pushing the the tempo – they didn't take care of the ball very well. Michaela Bogans actually had a slew of turnovers, but 
I like the fact that she's trying to make things happen. And when she turns the ball over, it's usually trying to create for her teammates. She's, she's a consummate point guard. She's just a sophomore. She's going to learn. That team's going to learn. They lost one of the best girls players to ever come through here, Jordan Dorsey, who's at North Carolina A&T now. So they're finding their way um, with a great win in the first, in the first game of the, uh, of the season. Yeah, and you mentioned Bogan's the point guard. Some people just look a little different on the floor. She's a step ahead of everybody. And, you know, I, I the the girls game I've gotten a chance to see this year, another really impressive point guard is Tiffany Barrow from over at Greenbrier. Trinity. Or Trinity yeah. Barrow, excuse me. Uh, Trinity Barrow. And obviously they have the big, the big player inside yes. that's awfully good, uh, you know, Caitlin, but uh, Caitlin Staley. But Barrow is the difference maker on that team. And she is just a couple of steps ahead of everybody. And she can shoot it. She can handle it and really get that, that Greenbrier team. And I think they're ranked pretty high preseason. I think they're number three and number one four in class four, five. Yeah. A. And, uh, and, and they were impressive. They've got a shooter. I think that was out last year with an injury back that can really shoot it. They've got athletes. Uh, they've got like three different Staley's on the, on the yeah. team that are, that are the two twins that right. are athletic. But like I said, Barrow is what makes that team go. And then they also happen to have a six, four, really talented player inside too and in, in Staley. She's dominant. Caitlin Staley has yeah. plenty uh several division one offers. She, you know, I, I love Kiana Curtis as a player, mm -hmm. as a person, her father Kenny, old friend of mine. Caitlin Staley outplayed Kiana Curtis in a game early last year. And that's when it was clear to me, like, wow, this girl's a player. She's a she's gonna get a ton she's already got Memphis and a few big schools. I think College of Charleston. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean Junior. when you're she she's got the you know, you can't teach six four, yeah. and you know that she's already. I don't know if she's quite that. She might be six three, but she's also got a big athletic body. It's not big like she's overweight. It's a big athletic body, and she can run the floor. I was really impressed, and I knew they were good, but I, and I knew about her. Um, but I was really impressed with the point guard. I, I, yeah. I think Barrow is a solid, solid player for them. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going on and on about Mikella Bogans. You put Trinity Barrow on that Cross Creek team, and they don't take a step back. Yeah, I, I do. I think, um, you know, and again, she's a, she's a little bit older, but the one thing, I, you know, sometimes you have those really good point guards, and that's what they do. They run the team. But like Julius Brown for Grovetown's boys, Barrow can really shoot it too. And that's the difference for Greenbrier. They've got three players that can knock down the three, and then you throw the six four player inside. You know, they're they're gonna be scary for most teams they play in that region. I'm not sure if the shooter you were trying to um recall is Brooklyn Bagley it is, or not. It is, it is, it is. It's Brooklyn. And and I know she was coming off an injury, but she looked great the other night. We went to uh, uh you know, my daughter in is cheers there. So we went to a, their kind of their midnight madness or whatever they were call they're calling it. And uh she stood out to me. Matter of fact, I don't know that she other than Andrew Black, I don't know that she's not the best shooter on the boys or the girls. She she can really shoot it. She stood out and then when we saw him play Lakeside, you know, they they pressed early. It was it was a pretty dominant performance. Lakeside's a little bit down, but you know, she she's she can shoot it. She's got a pretty quick release. And then they're they're just they're they're a good good squad. They're you know, usually in girls' basketball, it's Richmond County, and there's so many good teams down there. But I think Greenbrier is one that can compete with anybody in the area on a given night. Totally agree. Totally agree. Now, you mentioned Westside earlier. We're going to cut in a second to um, – it's just a fun game between Westside and Peach County. Westside number three in Class 2A beat – uh, Peach County number seven in Class 3A, 83 to 77. Amari Tillman for Westside, a junior, scored 
32 points, you know, not only is he drilling threes left and right, he's dunking the ball left and right. I, I, I didn't see that coming from Amari. Tamarius Mathens for Peach County responded with 33. It was a wild game. You know, it's one of those games where, you know, you've got a trap on in the backcourt off of like a defensive rebound. You know, yeah, we're yeah. not pressing, but we're pressing, you yeah. know, and so that led to a lot of leak outs and some of the fun finishes that we saw. So we'll cut to that in a second. Then I've got a question for you on the other side of these highlights. Okay, Ashley, I think I, I, I caught you uh, referring to this a second ago, but um, I want to ask you directly, do you think Westside is the most likely team to earn a state title this year like Cross Creek's Boys and Girls and Josie's Girls did last year? I, I do. I think so. I think they have the components and the parts. You know, um, you know Tillman coming over gave the tips and overboard, especially as improved as he is. I mean, he was good as a freshman. You could tell he was going to be a player. But his development, his body and stuff like that, and his athleticism just is different now than it was. And I think before he was more just a shooter, and I think now he's a, a really good player. I saw him one of the putbacks. I think it was a clip you had yeah. where he had a, a crazy putback. It and I'm was. like, wow. Um, so I think, I think you throw him with what they already had and also the experience they gained last year. And the great thing about this area, Richmond County, Columbia County, both last year for them, you know, when you're playing, Evans had a really good team. Grovetown's got a really good team. Um, and even Greenbrier would give you fits last year. So well coached. And then you throw in all the Richmond County schools and how athletic, you know, Laney and all these different schools are. You're playing state playoff games almost every game. And I think that that kind of experience is so invaluable to a team like Westside. So I do think they could be the team that takes that next step. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see – a really, really deep run for them, which is awesome to see. You know, they, you know, they've had some years. You know, when Booker was there, they were pretty good. Frank Booker, um, and obviously, you can go back to to Ricky and William, and then before that, the Reynolds brothers. I mean, they've had their stretches, so it's good to. It's it's almost like when Michigan or somebody's good in football, you're like, college football's better when they're good. I think the area is better when they're good. You know. I do too. Yeah. Kalon Hudson, Jalex Ewing, a couple juniors to go along Hudson with Tillman the the Jr. And Hudson, the good thing about him, he was so well regarded coming up as a freshman, and you're like, oh, that kid's gonna be special. But you know, he hasn't he doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that he's got to share some of the limelight. 
he's not just the guy now. You know, they've got Tillman and they've got some other players. And I think that, you know, that shows a little maturity and shows that maybe they are ready to make that run. He's a neat guy. He's also a good baseball player. Um, So speaking of, you know, Westside, the other team, if I were to counter that and say, watch out for, it would be Butler. These guys are stacked. They played Jones County in the nightcap. We got out of there by about midnight. (laughs) You know, things run behind in those all day basketball events. And um, so you got Butler coached by Cervantes body against Jones County coached by Buck Harris, two guys who have been battling for years now going on a decade. Coach body wanted it bad. When, when Jones County got up 14 to two, Body cleared the bench, brought in a bunch of young guys, and those guys responded. So you have Kendrell Glanton's a senior. He scored 15 points. He was with all these young guys, uh, Marcus Scurry, a freshman, Willie Taylor, a sophomore, and Kylan Clark, another sophomore. And those guys went on a 17-0 run. Next thing you know, um, after being down 21-8, to they're up 25-21. And from that point on, Ashley, um, it – Things just slowed to a grind. It took on a playoff atmosphere. You mentioned yeah. these games being playoff-type games. First day of the season, we're in a playoff game. And these guys, the buckets were hard to come by. Jones County's very good guards, Jalen Sanford and Chaden Stone, um, kind of carried Jones County through that that uh, time period, and then Kadar Bodie on the other side for Butler, six foot four senior guard, one of the most talented players we have. He made shots on that end, and it was just kind of grinding. And you could tell, like either one of these main players or or, or leaders is going to carry the team over the top, or somebody out of the blue is going to going to make some shots. Well, who was it? But Buck Harris's son, Dathan Harris, to make the big three to put Jones County up three late. And then a, a young man named Matthew Wald, who I did not know coming in, but he is the hardest playing. He's a Buck a Buck Harris special. Yeah. You know, like the kind of guy that Buck's going to have on his team. And he made, he blocked shots and he made threes and he got an and one and he carried them over the top.
But that was, you know, I saw Buck on the way out. He had lost his voice. And I said, felt like the playoffs, Buck. And he said, it sure did. And that's um, what will uh, we'll come back to. You mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it there. Buck mentioned it, the playoffs. But before we, uh, before we get into playoff football, I just want to run down. I got to get my notes here. I want to run down this no cupcake November schedule. So I mentioned 12 area teams being ranked. Well, number four in 2A Butler, yet in November, will play against Grovetown. We talked about them earlier. They'll play uh, Tuesday, Thanksgiving week. Then they'll play number six, Warren County, at the 100 Black Men Classic on Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Warren County's got a great player, Lorenzo Johnson. He's a college player in the making. Um, Then they'll play defending state champions, Cross Creek, on November 30th, and to bleed into November or December a little bit, on Saturday the 4th, they'll take on Columbia, which is ranked number two in Class 2A, Butler's four, Westside's three, playoff basketball. That, it's what it's all about. And the one thing that stood out to me, too, is some of these coaches, you know, Buck Harris and Bodie over at Butler, two really good coaches. Yeah. And, and they, they get the most out of their players. And they do always seem to have those jack-of-all-trade guys. And I think that's just from, well, you know, the coaching. But uh, it, it's it's fun to see. And, and you're right. Are there going to be some blowouts here and there? Yes. But for the most part, when these teams go at it, it's going to be a great game. So if you're looking to find basketball almost – any Tuesday, Friday, or Saturday, you're gonna be able to find some good games. That's exactly right. Yep. Now, number three, Westside, they're taking on number nine from Class Six A, Evans, Friday night. What a battle that should be! They've got Jones County um, in the 100 Black Men Classic the day after Thanksgiving at Augusta University, and then they play Augusta Christian. You mentioned it earlier. Augusta Christian schedule. They're loaded, man. They you, are loaded. You know, when it comes to people <laughs> saying, "Oh, they don't play anybody." Check out Augusta Christian. They're going to play Grovetown Friday. They're going to play Jones County Tuesday. They're going to go to the Holiday Hoops Giving Tournament the the two days after Thanksgiving. That has been called one of the top five tournaments in the country. And then they're going to finish off with number three Westside on the last day of the month. I mean, what what a schedule. you know, I'll touch on a girl, uh, Cross Creek and Josie's girls, two defending state champions are playing each other this Friday night. Yeah. And then you mentioned Greenbrier's girls. We mentioned them being number four in class 5A. I got to find that one. They are, they are playing Butler, defending region champions. Um, they're, they'll play Tuesday. They're playing Putnam County, a state champ, a state playoff team mm-hmm. that Saturday in the 100 Black Men Classic at Christenberry Fieldhouse. And then they play defending state champion Josie on the last day of the month. And I think I've kind of yeah. given the point there. On, on <laughs> the way, good games. <laughs> yeah, on the way out of uh, Jones County, and this will get us into football. On the way out of Jones County, uh, I talked to Jerry Hunter, the West Side coach and I said good game coach and he kind of shook his head because you know there's about a million turnovers and 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 they're up at the end and they're fouling for yeah. some reason keeping Peach County in the game he said we got to learn some stuff but if we do we can be real good and I said man you got a tough schedule and he said uh he said we finished with the playoffs last year and we're beginning with the playoffs this year yep. so that's the same thing we've been talking about but Speaking of playoffs, let's talk football as the color commentator and sometimes play-by-play announcer on the WJBF Game Night Live. 12 weeks every year for going on, what, 12 years now? This is the, I think, 11th for yeah. Game Night Live. 11th or 12th, right right in there. And and then before that, you know, we did them for, matter of fact, at one point there was a company out of Atlanta that came down and, and like, rented us out to do the game. So yeah. I've, been, I've, I've done them. 
But matter of fact, one night we did a game doing theirs. Theirs were tape delayed, and we were we were at Cross Creek Glen Hills. It was probably one of the worst played games. I was going to say there, was, there were fifty something penalties. It was yeah. brutal, and we found out like late in the game that something happened in the recording. We had the video, but no audio. We had to sit in the van under the bleachers and redo the game. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Talk oh about brutal. Goodness. But hey, so so if we get through that, anything else is fine. But no, it was uh th- this year was was a was a fun year. There were a lot of great finishes on game night live. We got lucky. Let's talk about some good memories, but first, yeah. when it comes to the playoffs, sure. let me run this one by you. Westminster is going to play for the state championship in eight-man football, yeah. GISA. That'll be if they are able to win. Now, they're the underdog against Windsor. Um, if they're able to win, that'll be two championships in three seasons. So they've gone all the way. We're going to have a story about that on the AUGB Ball newsletter. They've gone all the way to the championship game. In my opinion... You know, the, the question's for you, but it, what? how does this hit you? I'd say Silver Bluff and maybe Thompson have a chance to do a similar thing. And um, and then the, the the two very cool stories, in my opinion, are Westside and Evans. What do you think? Yeah, oh, I agree completely. I think Silver Bluff has the best chance. Uh, when, you, when you look at what they did this year, you want to talk Travion Dunbar because he's so great and their, their sophomore running back who's outstanding. And you look and you see they've also got a good quarterback, Malik Williams. They, you know, scored over 40 a game. But you got to look at the defense. They just don't give up points. And you, you, the, the first game of the year was a wake-up for everybody in the state a little bit because I thought South Aiken was going to be really down. And when I saw they beat them 40 to nothing, South Aiken's a quad A school, Silver Bluff a small school. When they beat them 40 to nothing, I thought, okay, well, South Aiken's down. But then South Aiken didn't lose again until the playoffs, and then I thought, wow. And then getting a chance to see Silver Bluff uh, against Fox Creek, and and they just dominated, and they just they're just a machine. I, I think that they uh, D'Angelo Bryant over there has got a squad that can go all the way. I think they're easily the number one team in terms of with the best chance to win the win the state title. Uh, and I do think Thompson as well. It, it I know they struggled with Jackson. I was going to say it threw me for a loop that they struggled, but that is happening more and more. There's more parity than there there used to be. It used to be you could almost pick who's going to win every game in high school football. You could pick who was going to be you know make deep runs in the state. That's changed. There's more athletes. More kids are going to camps and no workout regimens and thing like things like that. Um, so I, I wouldn't. I, I still think Thompson's got a really good chance, and the reason why is because they've got really three dynamic players on offense. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Tay Martin gets a lot of attention, three, you know, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons coming into this year. Uh, you add John Tavius Curry, who is the game-breaker in the area, in my opinion. And then Jordan Lane's not bad either. He can fly. But what I think the difference is, Thompson's always had playmakers. Their defense is really good. And, uh, you know, Quinchon Hurst is the one I love the most, the transfer from Washington Wilkes. He is phenomenal. But they've got several guys on that defense that can play. So, yeah, they struggled in the first round, but I still think they, of the teams on the Georgia side, probably have the best best chance to make a deep run. I can't say enough. You mentioned, um, oh, goodness, uh, Coach Coach Bryant. Uh, yeah, D'Angelo Bryant. D'Angelo yeah. Bryant at Silver Bluff. Can't mm-hmm. say enough about him. And, goodness, now I'm nervous on camera. Uh, <laughs> coach from uh, Youngblood, Coach Michael yeah, yeah, Youngblood. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those two guys, so impressed with those two guys. Absolutely. And they're, and what's great about it, I love to see, is their former players coming back. You know, Michael Youngblood was a phenomenal player at Burke County and was even better 
uh, in the college ranks at Georgia Southern. He, he played on a state title team at Burke County in 97 and was a four-year starter at Georgia Southern and phenomenal. And D'Angelo Bryant was a phenomenal player on those great Silver Bluff teams uh, when he was in school with, and a state champion. So those guys coming back, in, in Bryant's case to his alma mater, Youngblood's case, you know, to, to now he's playing against his alma mater, but still coming to the area I think is, I think is great. Uh, and then you, you look at the other situation, look, Westside and Evans both have first-year head coaches. You know, Lee Hutto, Hutto took over – you know, both took over pretty good teams. But, you know, what Westside's done this year – and, again, it's another thing where – and he should. Caleb, Caleb Hutchinson gets a lot of attention, as he should. Phenomenal, one of the best all-around players in the area. And the running back, uh, Zay Green, gets a lot of attention. But when I went and watched them play, what blew me away, I don't know that I saw a better defensive front four or five yes. because they went to five defensive linemen in that game against Jefferson County that we did. Um, that's what blew me away. They're not star names that you hear all the time. They're not five and four star recruits, but nobody can run on them. <laughs> they, they were impressive. To see a team push around Jefferson County yeah. just blew my mind. You yeah. know, at the beginning, Jefferson County seemed to have the upper hand, but man, that stopped quick towards the end of the first. And half. they had a tough draw. Vidalia is a great program, and you know, playing their first playoff game at home, they've had a banged up quarterback. Um, yeah, what Westside's done this year is is great to see and they, I, I love seeing that they they're getting some support from their their fan base and you know because there are a lot of west side alum that are here that they're waiting dying for this you know and and then at evans you know they you know they're, I, they're a team that has surprised me a little bit um i you know they didn't have a brutally tough schedule so i knew they'd win games but you know what they did beating houston county was impressive and to hold houston county to 10 points because i thought i thought evans could score with people They've got Joe Hampton who can fly, you know, Caleb Jackson. And, you know, you know, I know he's may not start in the next game, I guess, but Caleb Jackson at quarterback, and they've got athletic receivers, Dorsey transferring in. But what surprised me is I thought Evans would be weak on defense. And as the years – give Barrett Davis credit, the first-year head coach, as the year has gone on, their defense has really gotten better. And, again, holding Houston County to, to down to 10 points was impressive. Really was. Um you know, I, we, we're, we're going to wrap things up, but I'll say uh, a couple things, uh, some memories from the season. Uh, get your take on this. Quinshawn Hurst, electric defender, you mentioned him. And it just frames things for me that when we watched uh, Caleb Hutchison for Westside against Jefferson County in that, that uh, what do you call it, single wing, just run it down yeah. your throat, they move him to linebacker, and he makes 14 tackles. He was a terror on that defensive side. And by the way, on the other side, he's catching passes and stuff. But I would say, and this is, Quinchon Hurts is probably the best linebacker in town, but Maybe Caleb Hutchinson's actually the he best linebacker be in he town. Might, well, he might be the best player on the defensive side. Yeah, that's a. I, I agree. He probably is right now, um, because like you said, not only did he have 14 tackles, not only have an interception, not only did he recover a fumble, he was around the ball. He caught every completion they had on offense. Yeah. They completed four passes for 58 yards, all to him. And really, the game changed on the one big deep pass play. Brian Green was able to throw it up, and uh, Hutchinson made a great play on the ball, and that changed the whole complexion of that game. And really, they carried that over into the playoffs. So I, it's great to see. I mean, Coastal Carolina is getting a heck of a football player because because I do think if he were about three inches taller, he wouldn't return their calls. Yeah. You know, I, I think he would be getting power five, big time power five offers. Um, so I, I love him. I think Hurst is great. There's some other great players. We've got some great running backs. I know that on the South Carolina side, we mentioned uh, Travion Dunbar at Silver Ruffy may be the best, you know, but also 
you've got Durant over at uh, McCormick, uh, the younger brother of Mateo Durant, who a junior, awfully, a junior who had Durant, three. Uh, Dunbar's a sophomore, but go ahead. Yeah, it, well, I was going to say in the first round of the playoff, they got knocked out in the second round, but in the first round, he had three hundred and thirty yards rushing and six touchdowns. <laughs> and then I tell you another one, Zach Blackwell at Augusta Christian. Yeah. We, we you were there when we did their playoff game, and they got knocked out in the second round. But Blackwell this year. Over two thousand yards rushing for his career, over five thousand. Uh, he's he's and he's plays both sides of the ball. So we've we've got some good players in this area to, to follow for sure. There's a freshman at South Aiken. I still haven't connected with him. You know, mm-hmm. I can't recall his name, but he's putting up numbers. And I think we'll end it. I want to mention Augusta University basketball on the way out. We have a hard stop yeah. in three minutes, but. Um, before we go, you know, you're talking about these, I always call them video game numbers. Yeah. You know, the statistics that these guys, Zach Blackwell and Trayvon Dunbar and, and uh, John Tavis Curry and these guys put up. Well, let's end it. And I, I, I'll, I'll mention Augusta University on the way out. But video game numbers, give us some on, I think, the best quarterback to ever come through here, Brooks Pangle. And probably by the time he's done, the best wide receiver to Maybe ever come through here? You, you know better than me. Statistically, so tell me about those no two guys yeah. from Greenbrier. Well, statistically, there's no argument. I mean, Malik Leverett as a junior this year caught 77 passes, by far the most of any receiver ever in the CSRA. Uh, and then you look at Brooks Pangle. He threw 31 touchdowns last year with 10 picks. This year, only 21 touchdowns, but only one pick. It was a fluke pick. Uh, it, it was. But, I mean, 21 TDs, one pick. He also can showed he can run the ball this year, especially in the you know their last game of the regular season. He had an 84-yard touchdown. But, you know, throwing for almost 6,000 yards in his two seasons as a starter is, is just incredible. And, and, you know, he's got one D1 offer uh, at Jacksonville State. He's a good student, so he's got a lot of schools looking at him. Uh, I think somebody could get a steal. It could be almost that that uh, somebody compared him to Bennett at Georgia, to where he ends up walking on somewhere, and he could. And uh, yeah, I think I think Bro- and he's a great kid. Uh, and then Malik, yeah, those two at Greenbrier, and, and it's uh, people saying, "Were well, you giving Greenbrier attention?" If one of your guys catches 77 passes, we'll talk about it. I mean, Malik Levert was unbelievable this year. We could do a whole show about people <laughs> complaining about who gets attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. When that when that comment came over social media about you, uh, why are you talking about Greenbrier when you could be talking about Evans? It was funny because I shared it, so the comment also yeah, kind of comes yeah. at me. Well, at the moment, I was in at Alcove High School Doing the about Evans to game. cover the <laughs> Evans game. So, you know, you can't win. You can't. You uh, can't. It's fun, though. Y- yeah, for sure. Now, in in – after I touch on Augusta University, we'll play it out um, with an interview with Brooks Pangle in the, after a scrimmage game against Westside before the first game of the season. And you mentioned his character, the the good person that he is. Um, he was just if if you if you're watching, you know, if you stay till the end, the very end of the episode, watch how his face lights up when he talks about his center and how he's never given him a bad snap, and his, um, you know, just everybody, yeah. Maddox Smith who couldn't play this year because he blew out his knee, um, Malik Leverett, D- Davin Driscoll. This is a guy, the ultimate teammate, the ultimate leader. Now on the way out, Augusta University. I think this team has the potential to be. They're already. Are starting to look as good as the team that won the Peach Belt Championship two or three years ago when Dean Williams was a senior. They're absolutely loaded. The thing that really makes me say that is we have a bunch of starters coming off the bench. It's a team with nine or ten starter starter type players, and um, we'll just give a quick on the way. I, I'll point you to AUGB. No, I'm sorry. I'll point you to. AugustaSportsReport.com. That's our newsletter. I just did a 
big thing on the 2-0 start for the Jaguars. We're going to play a video, a quick video clip of Jaquez Kirby and a play that he makes getting back on defense. And this is a guy who's new to the team. He's a Murray State transfer, and he's just one of nine or ten guys who could be starting on, I would say, any Peach Belt team. This team's going to be special. Come out. Um, when will it, will it be? November 23rd at home, Christenberry Fieldhouse. That's a Tuesday night. We're taking on Benedict in the home opener. Come out and check that out. You won't be sorry. And so we'll, we'll play that clip from Jacquez. We'll send you out with Brooks Pangle, um, just you know the epitome of what a, a young high school athlete should strive for when it comes to uh, uh, his talent and his character. Thank you for um, being with us, AugustaSportsReport.com. Um, you can find me at AUGBball on social media. Ashley, uh, should we say AB Sports Line? Uh, at AB at Sports, AB Line. Sports Line on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, just Ashley Brown and. You know, always, always try. And of course, uh, the column each week in the Augusta Press. Yeah, it's what, you know, five bucks a month, I think. Yeah, five bucks a month and you can cancel any time. So if you're unhappy with it. But yeah, I do a weekly sports report. This uh, this week, my column is going to be kind of a capsule of a lot of the playoff games in the area. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks for being with us. Well, first off, anytime I get a chance to, you know, speak on platform, I want to give glory to God because without him, you know, none of this, none of this would be possible. We wouldn't even be, able to be out here. And uh, one guy I really want to shout out, so my center, Jaden Raymond, he has almost never given me a bad snap before, and a lot okay. of quarterbacks don't have that, but he has given me almost perfect snaps and goes pretty much unnoticed from stuff like this. But I would love to give that guy a shout out. Jaden Raymond is the name of that. You ran it well last year. You're really running it well. What's going on with that? Starting to pick it up a little bit. I think last year, so last year, uh, my backup quarterback, Wilson Dolling, he's right there. He was a freshman last year. And this year he's a sophomore, he's improved a ton. They have a lot more faith in him coming in, so they're willing to let me do a little bit more, not risky things, but a little bit, to be able to get down the field more yeah. and use my legs more often. Those are some nice shoes. Yes, sir. What kind of shoes are those? These are Nikes. My dad helped me wear them. I got, I got custom. I got So on the top of them it says AO1, that stands for audience of one, because I'm only really out here playing for one person, and that's Jesus Christ. And then it's got my number on the back. Very nice, very nice. So say that one more time in case we didn't get it. Audi AO1, what's that stand for? It's, it's audience of one because when I'm out here, I'm really only playing for one person. And, you know, I'm obviously playing for my teammates, but in the, like, in the end of things, it, only one, one person's opinion matters unless it's a good man upstairs. You guys talk about that, you and your teammates? Yes, sir. We have a lot of conversations like that uh, as much as I can, you know, trying to – because not everybody, you know, shares the same beliefs sure. as me. It's, it's not, I'm not trying to, like, force it onto them, but I'm trying to share them with what I believe to be true and what has saved me and try to help them out with that. That's a great message. I remember before games last year, you and a couple guys, I think three other guys would go off to the side. Yes, do you do that again this year? Yes, sir. We did, I did it, but I was luckily to be a captain this year, so I couldn't do it right before the game. So right during kickoff, me and a couple guys right down here on the sideline praying over, over the game and hoping to keep everybody safe. Speaking of captains, then I'll let you go. You, Davin, and Jackson. Yes, sir. Um, you know, uh, Davin's really making a big difference so oh, yeah. far on off on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, and then sir. tell me about Jackson. So Jackson Smith, you know, he was looking to be one of our top guys coming back from last year. Unfortunately, he got hurt at Athens. You know, loved the kid. He was the brains out there at receiver, helping everybody out, knew where everybody should be, knew every route. You know, was always perfect with his routes, caught the ball when he needed to. And last year, you know, we had Braden, so he kind of, he was like, 
he was there when nobody else was open. He was always the yeah. guy I could go to. Yeah. And, you know, it stinks not being able to have him, but he's a great kid, and we love to still have him out here on the field and just to have his influence over the team. He's your captain. He's still helping the guys out? Yes, sir. Comes great. to every practice. Great. And then Davin, big target on the outside. Oh, yeah, yes, sir. Love throwing it to him. He, uh, he's improved so much since his freshman year to his sophomore year, and now it's his senior year. He's gotten hands have gotten so much better, and his route running's really, really taking a step up. Student section saying oh. he's he's too little. Oh yeah, that's you're gonna yes, be sir. saying that a lot this yes, year, sir. right? Especially with that guy outside. Yes, yeah. Forty seconds left in the game. Brooks Pangle, third and fifteen. Look at that, Colin. He rolls right, and who else? On the night, Dan oh, wow. Driscoll. No way. Thirty seconds left. Yeah, look at you can hear John Hart AB going crazy. What a finish to this one! 34-31 in one of the best game night lives we've ever seen. Here's head coach Tony Kramer, exhausted.